Hello and welcome to Game and Watch It. I'm Arzy, replacing the other host who will not be named. I'm Arzy, and today I have Polly with me. Hello. And Trickster. Blang, blang. There's somebody not with us, and we're not going to mention his name, because you have. if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. I completely agree. It's a good way to live your life. <laughs> so let's just jump right into it. Polly, what you playing? Right now, I'm going to start off with two games. One I didn't mention before. It's uh, Celeste, and I know Robbie, sorry, you shall not be named. Touch your dice, because <laughs> Uh, was talking about it last time, but I am just so uh, enchanted by this game. I love it so much. Everything about it has been incredible. Just the way that they, they've mixed in the whole mental health issue aspect with the gameplay and how it all just kind of coexists together in like this perfect harmony. It's it, absolutely So it actually incredible. makes sense the way that it goes back and forth between the story and the gameplay? It does. It really does. There's one point that happened to me recently where like, they just kind of blatantly came out and said it, and I was like, ah, oh, like, okay, like, you didn't have to get, like, all, not necessarily preachy about it, but, like, you know, literal, mm. I guess, would be the best way to put it. Put it. Interesting. Yeah. Trickster, you uh, you know anything about this game, Celeste? Or? Yeah, I have it for the Switch, and I, I've played it a bit. I, I, I'm not as as deep into it as, as Polly is, um, but I do need to get back into it. I just kind of put it on the back burner for a while, but from what I've played, it is quite good. Okay. So, Paul, have you got to the end yet, or are you still working your way through? Still working my way through. It is, uh, it's a good bite-sized game, in a sense, where you mm. can sit down for, like, not necessarily bite-sized, but sit down for, like, an hour, beat a level or two, run through the whole thing, and then just say, like, okay, you know what? I got to take a step back. My arms are, you know, my arms and hands are cramping up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I guess any of those tough-as-nails, quote-unquote, platformers, it's, there's only a <laughs> amount of time before you run out of adrenaline and, like, your pituitary gland is like a little husk. Yeah, 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 it's exactly. Carpal tunnel starts setting in. <laughs> yeah, like, mechanically, mechanically, it's similar to, like, Super Meat Boy or, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The End is Nigh or whatever. It's, yeah. So, it, yeah, like you say, a short play session is good for it. It is, and I cannot play that game with the Pro Controller. The D-pad is so bad. yeah. Like, for anybody that plays platformers with a thumbstick, I get it. That'll be much better. You'll be able to have a little more control, but I just can't do it. Something about it feels wrong while yeah. I'm doing it. Like, are, are you getting, like, directional input issues? Like, the similar you yes. can get in, like, Breath of the Wild? Yeah, and a big piece of the game is that uh, while you're in midair or even on the ground, you have a dash, and the dash will send you in one of the eight directions. Yeah. The problem is that it is so tight with time that you need to get all the inputs right for certain pieces or else you have to start essentially from the beginning of the second. Yeah. There's so, no room for error yeah. exactly. at, at all. Yeah. So let's say I made it through like 80% of this like little piece and I'm right at the end and I know I, I'm hitting the right inputs and I'm good. And then for some reason, instead of going to like the left, I go up and left or down and left just because of where my thumb is sitting on the, uh, the D pad. It is the biggest piss off. Yeah, honestly, it's unforgivable in a yep. what is marketed as a pro controller yep. that has a hundred dollar price point in this country. <laughs> that the hardware, like from the company that invented the D pad, yeah, just doesn't have like the right directional input, or maybe it's just like the ergonomic design of it that doesn't play out properly. I, I think I think it's the way the buttons are set up that yeah. it's just it's a little too sensitive that you can just like roll your thumb a little bit to hit the up or down, and that's all you need. But yeah. with that in mind, it's too much. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Like this, and compared with just the the chronic issues with the Joy Cons, like it's really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Now, with that in mind, though, I have heard some like uh, some solid news. So, uh, Hori, which I'm sure you guys already yeah. know, is the third party peripheral that is on Nintendo's payroll to a certain degree. Uh, they are coming out with a different version of the Joy-Cons. Oh, interesting. And the left side is going to have a D-pad built into it. Okay. So if you can use those with the grip that already came with the console or the charge grip, if you have one, that might be the best way to play platformers. Hmm. As long as the D-pad actually plays. Now, the good thing about this is that I have that Super Nintendo controller that I was showing you guys from, yeah, yeah. you know, a few weeks ago or a few months ago or whatever it was. And that's what you've been using, I guess? It's amazing. I just don't have the the grips Playing with the old school style controller and having yeah, it being flat, the, it, it, the whole cramping of my hands is pretty much being caused by that. Yeah, ergonomics have definitely come a long way when it comes to controllers. But back to the Hori controllers, yep. the more important question is what color will they be and will they be orange? I don't know and probably not. <laughs> well, then I shall not buy them. All right. And uh, the second game, and more importantly, uh, I've been playing Nino Kuni 2. Which Here I, we go. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this game for pretty much ever since we got an idea that it was even coming out. It is incredible. And mm. I was a little I was a little weary outside of some of the critic reviews that were like I mean they were ranting and raving about this game, but I just it didn't seem like what they were explaining matched the 9.5s or 9s that it's getting across the board, but now I see it. It's there. Well, first, let's go back to the, the, the original Nino Kuni. Like, wasn't yeah. that game flawed in some way? Or I, I, I'm trying to remember because I've never had a Sony system, so this one's a little bit foreign to me. It wasn't necessarily flawed. It's just that it, it did too much, and you can tell that it was more of like a jack-of-all-trades and a master of none. Okay. So the Pokemon system was, you know, good, but the evolutions were nowhere near as interesting and some of the monsters were pointless and there was a much smaller amount of them than you would see in any normal Pokemon style game. Okay. So with that in mind, it, it did kind of pigeonhole you into going into, you know, a certain set of three guys and you would just be caught on that forever. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. And not to mention that I'm pretty sure it was impossible to get all of the monsters in the game. So the whole oh, collection really? aspect. Yeah. Like, what is it like? You, just, you have like certain quests that you choose one or the other, and then that's what you're running with? Well, it would be like uh, if you got Charmander, but Charmander split off into like one of two or three different evolutions. Oh, but you I only see. ever got one, and there was no breeding aspect to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's more... I mean, the game itself was awesome. The story was great. The dialogue was fantastic. The scenery, the battles were good. I mean, it was a solid eight. Okay. But the Pokemon system kind of left something to be desired. They took that out completely this Wait, time. Wait, eight out of what? Out of... Out of, out of 9.5. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no 10s around here. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I refuse to do an out of 10 system. <laughs> but they've taken the, the Pokemon system completely out of the equation now. So oh, really? It's, it's set up more like a Tales game, like your Tales of Berseria or Symphonia. So or it's more like just kind of straight stuff. up JRPG? Yes, Except you're playing as humans. they replace it with a kingdom building aspect. Yes. Oh. Which is, apparently, I, I, I don't... I don't know how I, I feel I, about that. I have the game, but I haven't played it yet. But from what I understand, it's... It's an important part of the game, but it's not crucial. Like, you have to do it at a certain point, but, like, you don't have to, like, devote a, sh a ton of time to it. Mm. They, as far as I've heard, because I haven't hit that point in the game yet, is that it's... Um, oh, God, how do I even put this? It, it, there are a couple of pieces or missions that are dependent on it, yeah. but in the grand scheme of the whole game... It's essentially useless unless you unless you enjoy it and you want to do it. And it's not overly complicated too, from what I understand. It's not like uh you know like a Civ Six or or something like that. Okay. You're not, you're not like yeah. 
build. It, it's not really technical. It's all pretty straightforward stuff. But yeah, so it's not so, it's not something that becomes mandatory. So it's you're trying to play the story, and then you have to keep going back and do this stupid fucking tower defense base building shit. Yeah, right? it's it's not even more along the lines of like tower defense. It really is just a kingdom building. Like you're essentially building shops for yourself. Okay. To go in and get materials, I guess, in a in an easier fashion. Okay. So I mean, with that in mind, it's it, that side of it's good. Um, there is an RTS s. I don't, know, I don't even know how to put this. RTSS-esque? RT, yeah, exactly. <laughs> RTS-esque <laughs> style uh, system that they've implemented in like this grand war or this grand war scenes that happen. Hmm. So you're controlling multiple armies, but they're controlled through, I think, your two thumbsticks or whatever it is. Oh, interesting. And you just battle by either doing very simple button inputs or essentially colliding with the other armies and then seeing what happens. I've seen it in action. It doesn't look any like it's very interesting, yeah. but it's also a very small part of the game. So I think that's where it lost a couple of points where it wasn't going to be like your typical 10 out of 10. Like, oh my God, this game is amazing. Th these are the two pieces that really pulled away from it. But beyond that, the gameplay is incredible. It is uh, almost kind of Pokemon-esque, or I would even argue more like um, Fire Emblem in the it, oh, sense okay. where they do have that three-tiered system. It's almost like sort of everything's a rock paper scissors kind of. Yeah, but it's like it's it's almost a direct like play, plagiarist like type thing. It's ridiculous. Like it is essentially your sword spear, but instead of instead of axe, it's hammer. Okay. But they're all the same color codes. There there's is also hammers and fire emblem that take the place of axes. <laughs> <laughs> they're interchangeable. <laughs> So I know the the reviews that I read for the game they they really kind of say that one of the best parts of the game are these mazes that you can find. Have you found any of those? I hear I hear they're yeah. they're amazing. Like mazes? Kinda, it's kind of like a kind of like Dungeons. a dungeon, I guess. Yeah. But apparently okay. they're just fantastic. They're not detrimental to the story. They are more of like a side quest thing. But you can go in, explore, get some nice items that are actually very useful. You know, enter an area, and as long as you're roughly along the same level, and chances are you will be. Okay. Because they are kind of scaled towards the area of the story that you're in. Yeah. Then you're fine. You go in, you have a lot of fun, and the big piece to this. So in the, the main overworld, in pretty much all of Nino Kuni 1, if I'm not mistaken, when you got into a battle, it would zoom in, and then you're in a circular area that you cannot leave. Okay. Until the battle is done. In the overworld, that stays the same. But when you're in a dungeon or an area where you're not in, like, chibi form, because that is how they do the overworld, okay. of course, uh, whenever you're just in full, you know, humanoid yeah, form, yeah, yeah. the world is just the world. And if you come into contact with an enemy, boom, you're battling. It starts yeah. a battle sequence, but none of the scenery changes. Oh, interesting. So you can move freely throughout all of it if you really want to. So you can just run, you can just literally just keep moving away from enemies then? Yeah, of course. You can run away as well. There is that aspect. It is a little harder on the overworld, but I've, I've been loving this game. Been playing it for maybe about three to four hours. Okay. Nice. Yeah, and as far as I've heard, it is a 30-hour game. So short for JRPG, but a solid... Uh, solid buy for pretty much anything else. All right. So, I mean, you mentioned the first game kind of fell flat in terms of trying to do too much, and it doesn't sound like this game is, a, like, much different to that <laughs> extent where, yeah, okay, there's no more Pokemon aspect, as you call it, mm -hmm. but now that there's these mazes and the base <clears throat> building and a lot of these other gameplay elements, and I'm just, I'm sort of wondering, like, what is this, like, what, if, if you were to recommend this game specifically, what would you recommend it on? Uh, 
pretty much everything outside of the RTS stuff and the Kingdom-based stuff, which it, honestly, as far as I've heard, isn't even that bad. Okay. But the difference between these two things compared to the Pokemon system that was in number one is that you couldn't escape the Pokemon system. Yeah. That was an integral part of the Like when you said the Pokemon system, sense, uh, system like, what, what, like what do you mean by that? Oh, so essentially you played as three major characters and each character had one Pokemon monster type thing okay. equipped with yeah. them. And then they would send them out to do the battles for them. Yes. So it sounds like it sounds like the blade system in Xenoblade. Yes, to very be, much. To be so. honest with you, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So with that in mind, it, it was it was kind of overbearing. Every battle you ever got into, you were playing as these little Pokemon characters, and not to say that the battles were bad, but because of the monster system, it just didn't quite realize what they were trying to do. Okay. In the best way. Where now that's completely taken out. The battle system is near flawless. So you're not fighting with being, the monsters anymore. You're not fighting with... Yeah, you don't have monsters in your inventory, but you're fighting against monsters. Okay. You're just fighting as the characters themselves. Okay. And are there things called, like, Higgledies or something that are kind of similar? They are cool, but they are not anywhere near the Pokemon thing. It's more of a Pikmin-style thing. Oh, okay. So they, they have elements to them, and you can activate them in battle at will. And if not, they're just kind of scurrying around with their arms flailed in the air. <laughs> they are the cutest thing I've ever seen. They're like a mixture between like Pokemon and Koroks. Okay. So it, it, yeah, it just strikes me as strange. So they just completely wiped out these monsters from the game. People, people were of... actually upset about it when it was announced. Yeah. Before the game came out, people were like, that was my favorite part of the, of the last game, and now it's gone. So, Like, how do they explain it in the game that you're just not fighting with monsters anymore? Uh, it's the same world, but they don't explain it. They just do it. That's interesting. Yeah. It's, that's like a massive shift from a game that revolves around having this monster fighting. When you said that there's no more Pokemon aspect, I thought it meant like there was less, um, you know, collecting and evolving, that kind of thing. Oh, no. It's literally no monster aspect outside of the Higgledies. It's oh, gone. That's yeah. kind of bizarre. Yeah. They took out Pokemon. They injected Pikmin. Interesting. Yeah. It's a bold move. Yeah. A bold move. <laughs> a bold move, <laughs> a bold Cotton. Move. <laughs> No, but it worked out in dividends for them, though. All right. Yeah. Like, they, they, they nailed this game. I, I I know I talk about these guys a lot, but Easy Allies, they're my most trusted critic reviewers out there. They gave the game a 9.5. I got a little excited because of it, and I think it's definitely worthy of that 9.5. All right. Well, let's let's hear your final review once you get a little bit deeper into it. Of course. Of course. Right now, it's sitting at about, like, a uh, 23 out of 25. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough from you. Trickster, what do you um, play? Yeah, uh, so I got a couple games on the go right now, and I have a, a couple in, in the pipe, actually. Nino Kuni 2 being one of them, yep. and uh, Far Cry 5, which I really want to get into, but I, I want to finish uh, Evil Within 2 first. Uh. Oh. I'm, about, I'm about three quarters of the way through it. It is absolutely fantastic. I was a huge fan of the first one. It was the first game that I got with my PS4, and it was the first game that I ever beat on my PS4. Yep. Um, the sequel, it just takes everything that was good about that one and makes it better. And just overall, the game is just a lot better. A lot of fun. Scary as hell, too. Yeah, I was going to say. I like a good horror game, so. Yeah, so how does that game play? Like, I, I know so little about that series. Well, it's survival horror. Okay. So, like, you know, if you've played a game like Resident Evil or something, you have an idea. So you're um, one character with really shitty aim and, like, yeah, like the aiming, three bullets in your the inventory. Aiming is tough. And, I, and, I, I'm, and I'm going to be completely honest. Um, I'm actually playing on casual. Um, okay. All right. So it has auto aim is on, and also everything is just a little easier okay. than it would be. And, it, and the reason why is because 
as much as I like horror games, I also get really stressed playing them. And okay. like the first evil within, like I I get like really, really scared <laughs> while I was playing it. So this time around, I'm like, you know what? I just kinda want to enjoy the experience of the game. I'm just gonna play on casual. And so far I've been really enjoying it. There, you know, it's not completely easy like i'm still dying i'm still having trouble with parts but yeah. it's just that extra level of of um challenge is is down a bit i don't know. So. i don't think there's any shame in that if you're feeling like if the challenge is enough and if you're enjoying yourself i think like people don't have a right to tell other gamers how to have fun it's like, oh, i don't oh, you're, you're, yeah, not, yeah. you're not having fun unless you're playing on hardcore mode with veteran on and insta death and yeah. like yeah exactly hey look if you want to be a blasphemer yeah. then by all means be a blasphemer you <laughs> jackass so it's treason then. <laughs> no i do have one question though I, yeah. i've heard that a huge piece of this game and what people have really loved about the sequel is they've implemented more of an open world style to it instead of like your typical resident evil yeah mansion style thing yeah so the entire game is an open world but there are a few sections where you are in in areas and you can basically kind of go around and it is open and you can do like the odd side quest and and search for things and that is a really really cool aspect of the game it's it's a big improvement on the lot because the last one was completely linear you know and there are parts of this that are linear as well but the open world parts are a lot of fun a lot of fun How's like the exploring? Is it is it worth it to go like going looking for materials or yeah, resources absolutely. or something? Ammo and like you can find like better guns and they also also one of the cool things they have is the Bethesda is the company that published the game. Yep. Um, so there's all these items that you can find from other Bethesda games. Like you can find a vol- a Fallout bobblehead. Um, you can find a nice. miniature Robo Dog from Wolfenstein. Um, <laughs> nice. w- w- one of the guns from Doom. Like little collectibles, and then they when you find them, they go back and they're displayed in your um, your little kind of hub area. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that's a little, and like you'll see it, and you'll, uh, the the description for each item is like. It looks familiar, but you can't really place it. <laughs> and, uh, and then, yeah, it's, it, uh, that's, that's a nice little Easter egg kind of aspect of it, too, which is cool. So Not bad. Nice. Um, so there, there's that one. And then I also have been getting my feet wet, feet wet with uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Yeah, that I'd Switch. like to know more about. It's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a lot of fun. I was actually telling Polly about it the other day. Yeah. Um, it's fun. It's the first time you get to, like, one of the first major parts of the open world and you're kind of just seeing it all spread spread out and like you're seeing all these creatures running around it's it's, it's an amazing view and it's just an amazing looking game but there's so many systems mm. and so much <laughs> shit that you have to remember that it's overwhelming and I, I i'm probably over 10 hours into it now i'm still learning like new systems and i haven't even fully figured out the old systems that i've that i've learned already it's, it's the kind of game that you have to have your phone on your lap like looking up how to Little tutorials for all the little intricacies. basically it's 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 almost it's almost too much like it's, I'd say it's overwhelming. So wow. you're telling me it's your you know very typical JRPG. Exactly, it is. Uh. It is. Yeah, and and another thing too, uh, the voice acting is horrendous. Uh. And it got to the, and when you when you're doing battles. Um, your characters are talking nonstop, but they're repeating the same thing over and over again. Oh. So I, 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 I had to, I had to completely mute the voices during battles because it just was too annoying. And like my wife would be sitting in the room and I'd be playing, and she'd be like, "I, I, I can't listen to this anymore. It's ridiculous." Yeah, I, and she's right. It, it's absolutely. It's it, it, it takes away from the game. Now that I've turned it off, it's better, but it's definitely it's, a it's ridiculous that you have to do that. Yeah, it's. It's bad, and the voice acting itself is not good anyway. So okay, is there yeah. an option to go into the Japanese audio? No, I knew you were gonna say that. Of course, <laughs> no. But how there's do you, not. How do you do that with Zelda 
But you can't do that with Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It but seems like the but you perfect did that with game. Zelda? Yeah. yeah. Breath of the Wild? Oh, yeah, it, man. It, Not initially, but it, it came in a later patch. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was shit. Only that's like awesome. A, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was only like a month after release, I'm pretty sure, when they released yeah. that patch. I had no idea. That's yeah. Aw- that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, no, you can't do it with this one. Well, fuck you, <laughs> Monolith. But, uh, no, I mean, I know you have it, Polly. I know eventually yeah. you'll play it. But well, um, I hope. <laughs> I mean, I, I only have my copy because of you. <laughs> so mm-hmm. <laughs> he picked me up the special edition when it was impossible to find. Yeah, there, a little bit of context to this. Yeah. I was so worried that one of my orders wasn't going to come through that I doubled up. And as soon as I realized both were coming through, I'm like, okay, I'll find somebody else to get this. <laughs> oh. and, it's, and it's one of the nicer special editions that I've it seen. Is. It comes with like a... 200 250 page art book that's like massive it's like a coffee table book it's yep. just beautiful so yeah for yeah. sure i that I, I was uh it was funny i was on warski games with andy back when that was actually a thing on twitch and i had brought it over to just to show andy and i ended up doing this whole like unboxing online with him about <laughs> it we ran through the art book and all those like little slides that came with it and everything like they are gorgeous yeah yeah it's, it's a really nice package yeah but uh yeah that's it for me so uh Arzy, what are you playing? What yeah. am I playing? What am I playing? So I finally got to get my hands on Bayonetta 2. Oh, uh, nice. Oh, yeah. Which I, I got earlier in the week. Um, I really enjoyed it. Like I, I love the first game. Yep. But, I mean, for any of these action games, I find, for me personally, the replayability just isn't there. I know yep. there's the concept of, you know, replaying stages, getting better, getting more unlocks, getting a better time and high score, but... I really enjoyed the game. I thought it, it definitely improved on pretty much every aspect of the original. Yep. Um, and, and just in terms of, like, the, the scale of a lot of the fights were great. I mean, that was there in the first one where uh, basically by the end of the game you're fighting equivalent of uh, God or the creator God or whatever it is. So, I mean, the scale's always been there. <laughs> oh, dude, it's so Japanese. It like, is. Yeah, it really is. It, no, it very much is. Yeah. Um, including the, uh, the slightly jarring ethnic stereotypes. Oh, dude, that is, a, that is a given for every Japanese game that has ever come out to the point of Pokemon that has gone through that crap. Yeah. Look at it for anybody that actually wants to look this up. Look up Scrafty, and I can't remember what he evolves into. Oh, and, okay. And tell me that's not a like quote unquote representation of like urban America. It is ridiculous. Well, there's there's the main shopkeeper who like talks in like this '60s like shaft voice. <laughs> you know, bullets and guns go together like chicken and waffles. <laughs> No. Which is literally, the, I, I don't know yeah. if I got the first half he's, of that right. He's but not the, far like, off. I was like, yeah. okay, wow. Like, that's uh <laughs> okie doke then. It's, I mean, so the game's definitely over the top. There's, I don't think anyone's going to question that in any sort of sense of it. Like, this is a game where you play as this witch whose legs are twice as long as any normal human should be. Yeah, and is, right. like, killing monsters by spanking them. Uh, in some cases. And there's like lots of gratuitous ass shots. Oh, yes. <laughs> hey, let's, let's remember yeah. that the game Catherine exists, and that somehow brought it even beyond what Bayonetta's ever done with their like sexy Dude, gameplay. In, in, in Nier Automata, which yeah. was also made by Platinum Games, um, yeah, one, of the, one of the trophies is you have to look up skirt of the, car- of the main character <laughs> ten, oh ten, ten, ten different times. You have to look up her skirt with the camera. You have to manipulate the camera to do it to get a trophy. 
Yeah. It's ridiculous. Oh, but mechan- mechanically, mechanically, the game it's amazing. Is, is really stands yeah. up. Like, I, like, I've played other action games before, and none of them actually really got me past the point of button mashing. Yeah. Which yeah. happened often in Bayonetta because, yeah. you know, you go into the practice mode, you learn the combo. He's like, okay, I'm going to go in with the strategy. But then once yeah. you're actually in the game, just like, mash, 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 <laughs> mash, 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 mash. And it works. <laughs> it, it does, <laughs> to it to does a certain work. extent. It does, it does yeah. work. It's, it's just not nearly as stylish. Yeah. Um, I found I didn't use a lot of the other weapons. Weapons that you unlock as the game went on. I I, I like the guns that you get uh, on the start, and I like the some of the blades and so on. I really love the amiibo uh, aspects to it. The amiibo uh, custom costumes. Yeah. Oh yeah, so you could yeah. swipe your princess Daisy, Fox, Samus, and um, who am I forgetting? Well, also Bowser. Uh, oh, and Link. That's it. That's what uh, okay. Yeah. And not only do you get costumes for them, but actually unique weapons that come with each of them. Like if you, oh damn, um, the Princess Peach one actually makes it so that well, you still use the normal guns, but instead of it being the Wicked Weave, so you're because normally what Bayonetta does is when she has her super moves, she summons them from her hair. Yeah. So there'll be like these fists that are basically made of hair and like demon stuff. Mm-hmm. Instead, it'll be like a giant Bowser fist that comes and hits things. There's a chain chomp weapon. If you play as Fox, you have little R wings on your arms and legs nice. that like, shoot little lasers. Um, even the little sound effects. There's a lot of those cool little details they put in, and it, it really fits in the whole campy atmosphere that game's got can't, going for it. Can't you find that stuff without the amiibo? Like, isn't the amiibo functionality? I think you it's can. Not... I think if maybe if you swipe one of them, then you could buy them because I was able to mm. buy the costume for Daisy, though I don't have the Daisy amiibo. Oh, okay. I will say is that if you have a hefty collection of amiibo like I do, you could buy a ridiculous amount of in-game currency every single day, and it was very easy for me to unlock shit. Jeez. <laughs> which I, I mean, it was a very what well, it was. It was a very tempting offer, which I more than happily accepted mm-hmm. but then I realized it kind of sucked out some of the replayability that instead of it taking you know several times replaying stages uh, to get all the halos or the crystals that you need to be able to buy stuff in the store yep. I was just swiping amiibos but then at the same time like do I really want to play the exact same stage over and over and over again to I get, get like a better play time or a bled, uh, better high score like I'm not a high score gamer I'm not a speed runner mm-hmm. You know, I enjoyed the story and the game for what it is. I liked the mechanics. I liked how um, each different enemy that comes in may have like a little bit of a different attacking style. Yep. Even though most of the game is just constantly dodge, attack, 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 wait, dodge, go into slow time, attack, 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 attack. Yeah, it's it, it is your typical like kind of beat 'em up style game. I was yeah. even gonna say when you mentioned that you weren't using a lot of the weapons that were given to you throughout the game, it yeah. seemed like my whole experience with God of War. Yeah. Like they give you so many different weapons, and you it's stick just like with your blades, chains of Olympus. Yeah, like that's yeah, it, yeah. done. And also on another point, uh, I feel like there was a missed opportunity with the Princess Peach one. How's that? Instead of uh, what's her melee? Is it her kicks? Um, like punches or kicks? Like yeah, it's, it's either. It's either punches or kicks. Those are like the two main input buttons. They should have used a pan, like a frying oh, yeah. pan. It would have been perfect. For Princess Peach to start smashing demons with a frying yeah. pan, to be well, incredible. I mean, it's never actually Princess Peach. It's clearly Bayonetta dressed up. Oh, as but you these know what things. I'm saying, though, right? It's yeah. just it would be the perfect, especially because it, it's the Smash amiibo you're using. Yeah. Yeah. It would be like just the perfect marriage for that thing. I I don't know. I I will say what's awesome is the Metroid one. Not only does she have a charge beam, yeah. but also you can go into the Morph Ball and drop bombs. Which, gotcha. admittedly, is not the best strategy, but it's it's just a cool mechanic <laughs> yeah. they have to have in the game. I guarantee you somebody out there has found a strategy that makes 
that bomb system broken. Yeah, probably. There's, <laughs> there's, a, there's, yeah. A, there's always a way to exploit everything. Yeah. But yeah, sure. like, and there's like the item crafting in the game, which is kind of shallow and... I don't know. Like I, I enjoyed the game. I, I don't know whether to give it like a, uh, like a B or a B plus. Like somewhere in that area. Like I oh, enjoyed yeah. myself, but like once I was done, it's kind of like all right. I, I paid a lot of money for this game that I spent I don't know mm. ten hours on. When all you know what done. that's fair considering yeah, like, everything. And it comes with the first one too. Um, I didn't I didn't buy physical, so I got it oh. digital. So oh, okay. it was a bit it was a bit cheaper. Like I've, I'm a firm believer on the aspect that like it depends on the genre of the game yeah with the time played right mm-hmm. a an action adventure game or even a, more of a beat-em-up style game much like bayonetta 10 to 20 hours is fine yeah that's that's like that's standard that's good jrpgs will bring you into like fucking three years of actual gameplay so <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's hard for, it's hard for me to give this a rating that isn't sort of like my personal opinion, it is this, but if you're an action game enthusiast, that would sort of shift the scale. Yeah, like, I, I'm more giving a rating on my personal enjoyment than oh, I got we, from we it. All, we all are doing that. That's all numbered ratings are on this channel, in case anybody didn't really know to begin with. But, like, yeah. it's why we, like, discuss it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's why we discuss what we liked, what we didn't like. If that's something that, like, appeals to you, by all means, go and play these games that we hate or feel mediocrely about I don't think that's the word so a, sol- a, sol- a solid 34 out of 45 I don't go on po- I don't go on Polly's stupid random number scale no 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 much more simple B plus uh, yes yeah yeah let's, let's, let's give it a B plus I, I'm, I was perhaps being a bit too harsh uh, what else I started playing just in the last 24 hours is uh, Enter the Gungeon oh, you got, oh you got nice into it, eh? yeah, yeah yeah so it's for those that aren't aware it's a, a, a roguelike taking yep. place in randomized dungeons except this one uh, versus let's say a Binding of Isaac is very uh, more bullet hell oriented, yep. even more so than Binding of Isaac was, <laughs> and also it has a lot more. Uh, it has the uh, the dodge roll ability that you come with. It gives yep. you brief invi- uh, invincibility, which is utterly necessary. Yep. As well as the ability to like lift up tables for cover, which I don't find. All, I, never, I never did it that much. I don't find game. it that useful, but for me, I don't know why it is. I seem to be enjoying this game so much more than Binding of Isaac. I think what it comes down to at the end of the day is just kind of like art style. At the end of the day, I, I find mm. the Edmund McMillian kind of the very dark, gross kind of style. Like I, yeah. I it, it it wears on me, I guess. And it, it, that game just felt very dismal. Well, this, I'm dying all the goddamn time. Like I'm, I'm pretty awful <laughs> at this game. Yeah. And like I die and then realize, oh shit, I had that those power ups, the blanks that basically wipe out all the projectiles on the mm. screen. Yeah. Which I constantly forget to use when yeah. my back's against the wall. Yeah. See me like personally, I I, I easily put uh, over a hundred hours into Binding of Isaac, whereas Gungeon I loved it, but it was just so hard. I I, I think I beat a boss like once. Oh really? Twice. Yeah. Yeah, I've been consistently getting into the second dungeon, so I, I'm I'm very I'm always able to beat the first boss, but I haven't yet beat the second boss. But it's only been a few hours. It's tough. It is very. I, I do want to try this game now. There's that, and I mean, on the docket, and this is probably going to happen on the next episode, but I, I, I can't remember what it's called, but it's from the same people that made, um, oh, God, Rogue Legacy. I don't know. I don't like what... What's... Rogue Legacy was that game where you could play as, like, a a knight of sorts, and every time you died, it would be your child that would enter the dungeon again to try and, like, avenge you oh, yeah. and make it farther into the dungeon. Yeah. I can't remember what the game is called, but I have been reading nothing but amazing reviews on it. I'll let you guys know what I think about it next time when uh, 
we're back in two weeks. Yeah, well, I mean, Sweet. even after even after this, maybe on the break, we'll play a little bit of the co-op into the Gungeon. Hey, whatever, I'm down. <laughs> we'll see. Well, I think now we'll take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, DRM, game permanency, servers, and a lot of other fun stuff. Yeah! Yahoo! See you soon. See you. back so some new news that we've heard in ter- uh, coming from Squenix uh-huh. uh, or at least the <laughs> fans or enthusiasts of Squenix games uh, most notably being uh, some of the more uh, newer remakes of the Final Fantasy games as well as Chrono Trigger uh, being linked to always on DRM which I think is pretty unanimously considered a bad thing to everyone except for the game developers. Pretty much. Uh, or the license owners or whomever uh, the stakeholders are in that case. But what it really comes down to and asks sort of the larger question, uh, not regarding DRM, but in this day and age of you know online-only games, DRM necessities, uh, digital purchases... Uh, online multiplayer games, it really speaks a lot to the permanence of games themselves, where the initial idea was you'd buy a, uh, you'd buy a cartridge. Effectively, unless you sold it at a flea market, you'd have this game forever as long mm-hmm. as the hardware holds out. Uh, in this day and age, you can't necessarily rely on 20 years from now going back and playing the same game over again, uh, depending on what platform you're playing it from. Um, so let's just have some thoughts on that. Yeah, well, I mean, before we get into it, there's a little bit of context here as well. This this kind of came up because two games specifically within this uh, Square Enix DRM, I'm just going to come out and say it, bullshit. Mm. Um, it was Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VIII, the uh, ports for PC. I thought it was the, the same servers? for Chrono Trigger as well. I thought it had a, a, I thought it, it had a similar DRM setup, or maybe it just wasn't part of the de- outage. Uh, you know what? I'm not sure because I don't even think Chrono Trigger has come out on PC at all. Hasn't it? I thought it did. It might have. I have no idea. But I know the two games that were for sure affected. Yeah, 100%. The two games that were for sure affected by this was Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII. What happened was the DRM servers went down for, if I'm not mistaken, weeks. Oh, it was that long. Yeah, it went down for a while. And people couldn't play these games that they've owned and they wanted to get back to. So obviously this caused a whole uproar within the community of saying like, why the fuck can't I play this old school game that I could have played at any point in time on my original PlayStation, but I buy it for PC and you guys aren't allowing me to play it because your servers are down. This is bullshit. Yeah. Especially for single player only games. Exactly. How can servers be down for that long anyway? Like you think that they'd want to get them back up as quickly as possible if this yeah. is the case. Well, the servers themselves aren't making them any money. It's only the sales oh, of the yeah. game. It's not like you're paying a, a monthly fee for this and they can be worried about somebody canceling their subscription. They've already got your money. Yeah, it's true. And they don't really give that much of a shit. So it's it's sad in that sense. But it kind of got us over here thinking about like, let's say, you know, you go back to our generation, right? Your Super Nintendos, your NESs, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? A game for me that I always go back to is Chrono Trigger. Play it maybe once every couple of years. I love doing it. It's one of my favorite games of all time. But let's say somebody else in this world, their favorite game was playing Halo 1 or Halo 2 online. Right? That's gone forever now. Yes. You can't go back and re-experience that in any way, shape, or form. You might be able to get something that is a shadow of its former self, like the new Halo games. But 
you can't go back and get into that same Halo 2-esque style gameplay and well, really yeah, the online the community same. will never be the same of course and it, it it's something that plagues anyone that identifies perhaps as a patient gamer if you yeah. ever want to play these games you are playing with a player base that is a fraction of the size of the game in its prime yeah so not only is there the inability to come back and play this game necessarily um but also the fact that if you're going to come back and play it it just it won't be anything like it used to be yeah no, it's it's terrible. I mean, it's it's the way that the the world is going right now. That there's no, as you said before, permanence with these games. Yeah, you can't go back and play them. If I wanted to go back and play, let's say near Automata, you know, after a little bit of time, I, I know that um, a lot of people are buying these games digitally. What does that do for the the future? Right. It's hard to say. Like, I mean, it, it, it comes back to the debate of what's better, physical or digital. Yeah. Like, yeah, digital, I guess, is more convenient. You know, because they're less obviously it's taking up less space it's mm. it's it, in, in terms of like in your house or your home and me personally i i have some digital games but i have more physical because i am kind of a collector in that way i prefer it but i also like to know that i own my game you know and with digital <laughs> you never really fully outright own it who's to say that they won't pull the license for it at some point of course you what know? happens if your hard drive crashes yep. that game is gone forever yeah not necessarily, depending on what kind of service you have. You're right. That's only like that, unfortunately, if you're relying on digital purchases on the Nintendo Switch. Or actually, realistically, <laughs> as far as I know, on... Um... Though, actually, I don't know if you can re-download games based on your purchase history. I imagine now, since there's actually Nintendo accounts, you could find stuff you've bought, but you will lose all your save information, that's for sure. As far as I know, with PlayStation as well, and mind you, guys, tell us in the comments if I'm wrong, but... Uh, as far as I know, it's you buy the license for the game. You can re-download as many times as you want on that one console. But yeah. if you need to get another one, you're boned. Yeah. Basically, like yeah, like I when I um, switched my PS4's hard drive when I upgraded it. Yeah. Um, I had to re-download all the games I already had, and it's a pain, but you can still do it. Okay. You know? So. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I know you can do that with Steam. I know you can do that with well Xbox Live. Back, I, I'm imagining for most account-based download systems. You could always download <laughs> stuff afterwards, but the question still remains, after a certain amount of time, will they remove these games from their roster? Will they stop supporting them? Uh, let's say for defunct systems, uh, like uh, he who shall not be named mentioned in a previous <laughs> podcast, uh, purchasing stuff from the DSi store yep. are those kind of games that once those servers went down, you could never download those games again. But then it asks the question, is the game developer or publisher, are they really obliged to keep those games available forever if they're in a download content? There's a, it reaches a point where it gets a little bit, like there should be like a statute of limitations on like how long it really is necessary to keep these things going. There was a major controversy on PS4 with a demo for a game called PT. <laughs> yep. Um, it was a collaboration between um, Kojima, who does Metal Gear Solid, and um, what the hell's his name? Guillermo del Toro. Okay. Yep. Um, and they had they had a free demo for this for this for this game, and basically it was like a first person kind of horror thing. It was amazing, well made, scary as as hell. Um, and then there was a big follow between Kojima and Konami, and mm -hmm. Konami basically pulled the demo from the and, and canceled the game and pulled yeah. the demo from the store. So if you had it downloaded, um, you were fine. But me, for example, I had it downloaded on my old hard drive, and then when I got my new hard drive, I wasn't able to get it back. Yeah. So that so that's lost, and like it, it was uh, people consider it like one of the 
biggest what ifs in gaming history if that game had been made and now the demo doesn't even exist anymore well that, that just more speaks to konami being the devil but oh, fuck, <laughs> fuck, fuck fuck konami and their goddamn pachinko machines yeah yeah metal gear survive oh, oh. god yeah no i'm not touching that with yeah, 30 no. foot pole yeah but i mean with that in mind i mean to be fair there was a good side to the um the whole konami kojima thing happening first off they introduced guillermo del toro to uh, Kojima, and then now he's making. Although I know how RZ and <laughs> and he who, shall, who shall not be named feel yeah. about this, but Death Stranding is a joint project between the two of them. What? Sorry, what? Stranding is a word. I definitely, know. yes, it's yes, definitely death, a word. Death Stranding, death stranding of course. Stranding. Yes, bravely default. Yes, <laughs> words. But I mean, it, there is a silver lining to all of this, of course. But at the end of the day. I think it's more to do with the system than the actual publishers, right? Or developers, whoever you want to, you know, try to blame for this. The system is there for you right now, mm-hmm. right? Steam is an incredible system. You can download your games as much as you want. They always have these, like, great, amazing sales. But if Valve ever goes bankrupt, you're boned. Yeah. You can never log on to that server again. Those games are lost forever. Well, I mean, even physical games, they don't last forever, any of us that have an NES, likely their cartridges are barely functioning anymore. It, hell, even something that's more recent, like my Nintendo 64, yep. got so much use that the, I don't know if it's just the cartridge leads wearing down, but it doesn't really run consistently. And even media like CDs or chips, we like to think these things as permanent, but they're not. Eventually, even CDs, DVDs, Blu-rays, like they all decompose over time. So they don't last necessarily forever, and nothing really does. Yeah. And I, I would almost argue that something like Steam, yeah, perhaps the company may go bankrupt, but assuming that these companies continue on as the entities they are, as we hope that any company will, mm-hmm. then it's almost more permanent that you could download this onto new hardware, back it up whenever you like, and have that data accessible. It's as opposed true. to, let's say you want to play a very rare GameCube game, Unless you have um, a very particular set of emulators, it might be utterly impossible to even get your hands on this. Yeah, who's to say that it, somebody even ripped the ROM from just to uh, drive, right? I mean, you don't really know at the end of the day. You, you can assume and hope, and in most cases you'd be right, but who really knows, especially if it's an obscure game. But, I mean, is there really a solution for this at this point? Is it emulation? Is it going to be that these digital files are going to be on somebody's drive and somebody can maybe crack them and find a new way to play these games in the future, even if the service does go down, right? I, I like I, I don't think like who's it incumbent on to make sure that these games are available for whoever purchases them forever, and how and truly how often is it that important? Like I ask you, I know mm-hmm. you particularly, Polly, have a very strong penchant for going back and playing older games. Yeah, but these days there's just so much to play from. That you could spend every hour of every day playing like an A-tier game and never run out and never have to play the same thing twice. Of course, but it's on Chrono Trigger, at least in my eyes. I feel like every gamer has that game. The uh, Great White Buffalo, if you will. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, but I feel like those games will in some form live on forever. Chrono Trigger has been on what, six different systems now? You're right, you're right. But like, let's say, although it did happen recently, but... Another one of my favorite games of all time that I lost the ability to play through ages just because of Windows compatibility 
Day of the Tentacle. I'm happy they recreated it. And they did a bang-up job on recreating it. But for ages, I missed that game. I couldn't find a way to play it unless I bought an old IBM with, like, Windows 95 or Windows 98 on it. Mm-hmm. Is it a good it game? Worth playing? Oh, dude, hell Because yeah. it was on PS Plus a while back, and I have it downloaded. Do you like point and clicks? It. it is a point and click. I mean, yeah, there's some good ones. It's, it is fantastic. It's old school, but it's some of... Um, Oh my God! What's his Lucas name? From Double Fine. Oh. Well, that uh, Tim. Oh, Tim Schaefer. Tim Schaefer. Thank it? you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's some of his early work. I think it was like one of the first games that he wrote for, and it is a fucking point and click adventure masterpiece in my eyes. All right. Yeah. All right. So it's it's a difficult proposition, but I mean, I I personally feel like digital is always going to be the most sustainable mm-hmm. solution. Let, let's say we have Nintendo Switch switching the cartridges. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in this case now, we're finding that these cartridges are making prohibitive costs to whoever's actually making these. Mm-hmm. A lot more than the discs. And we really don't have a good idea how our Blu-ray is going to age. Um, you know, CDs or DVDs are actually last quite long, but eventually, like the plastic starts to de- decompose, and you may have data loss as time goes on. So yeah. the question is, we don't really know. You know, we champion collecting these games and having them around, but time eventually wears everything down, and these things are subject to entropy. So really, I feel like as time goes on, it's just going to become more and more digital. It's eventual, but the unfortunate corollary is that is that it brings DRM because companies don't like piracy. Yeah. Now, I think you might be overstating the fact that like the physical editions of games can like break down and whatnot. I think the odds of that happening are very slim if you take good care of them. Well, not in our lifetime, anyways. Well, not in our lifetime. Yeah, but who, but what, do I, what do I care? What happens after my lifetime? Yeah. <laughs> and like to be honest, it's true. The conversation know? started because it's a game that yeah. I played that I loved. As long as I can play Chrono Trigger until I die, I'm happy. Yeah, and that's see. There's the fascinating argument uh, I think <laughs> that we're getting into, as as generations go on, like video games are still relatively new. Yeah. There is still, there is no game that there isn't somebody alive today that has played it. Yeah. But as time goes on, that will stop being the case. And now, you know, people are being born that never existed in a world prior to the P- PlayStation 4. <laughs> Thinking about, think about this. Yeah. In terms of us gamers in our thirties. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is kind of mind blowing. Us is the first generation of the entertainment system. Granted, we were, we were perhaps a bit young for the Atari days and the, the like, so that initial foray into video games. Yep. But like a lot of these video games are just going to fade into obscurity and into history. And I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that because for every Chrono Trigger, there is going to be its modern counterpart. And now we're, to get more into the nostalgia, mm. I f- think that we often lionize some of these games because of the nostalgia. A lot of people will champion, uh, let's say, Crash Bandicoot. And for me, who's never played those games, it looks utterly uninteresting. It, it just looks like it's it's like a Maze Runner. Yeah. Crash Bandicoot is the equivalent of the... Well, in its day, it was one of the greatest, most popular franchises, but now is equivalent to every little 99-cent app that you can get into an app store now. It was, it was the innovator of that, though. I think that's where it really comes from. Right? It's like... Um... I don't know, shitting on Buddy Holly, in a sense. Yeah. Right? Like, Who? Buddy Holly didn't really do... Ah, oh, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> he really didn't do a lot of great things in the for the sake of music, but for the sake of what he did for rock and roll and what came from that style of music that hmm. he was creating, I think that's really where it comes from. And, I, I, I mean, it, you bring up an interesting point of, like, who's going to be the Beethoven 
or what's going to be the Beethoven of, of video games or yeah. the Mozarts or, you know, let's say the Buddy Hollies or all these people that are so influential, but in Buddy Holly's case, is going to be left to the, uh, you know, the sands of time. Well, there's always going to be those people that will always say, oh, things are never going to be as good as they used to be. Yep. There's always going to be people that'll say, you know, the NES generation was the greatest ever. Games are too easy now. <laughs> or yep. the SNES generation was the greatest because they're both difficult, but also had that 16-bit aesthetic. Or, you know, the, the, SS, the SNES was the best console of all time. Of <laughs> all time. <laughs> Past, that, that, future. That, that's a debate for another day. Mm, that is. <laughs> is it? Because I highly disagree with you. But anyway. Mm, maybe you yeah, should fight. Topic. Maybe you should fight. Right now. <laughs> fight. fight. Fight for our listeners' amusement. <laughs> fight. Dance, puppets, dance. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. It's... It's 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 a great time to be a gamer. Like, yeah. in terms of, like, all the choice that we have and mm-hmm. how prevalent the medium has become like not just in smaller circles like it used to be but like just like in society in general it's bigger than it's ever been but all these things there are problems too yeah, and yeah. It, it's it is because you know we're, we're all relatively young we still have a good you know hopefully 50 60 years left in yeah. our lives just to see what's going to happen in that time it's going to be really interesting to see because will these problems be fixed will they become the norm which would be bad yeah. in its own right you know do I want to be 90 and playing Final Fantasy VII Remade for the fourth, fifth time? Yeah, or would you want to be VR? <laughs> In those twilight years of your life, or would you rather plug yourself into the Animus? And... Oh, oh, man, man. yeah. <laughs> and play, you know, Ubisoft's Continue Living if you continue paying. <laughs> I can't wait to get into the VR world and still see that stupid Uplay logo come oh. up. <laughs> yeah, and it'll be superimposed over everything else and, like, not blend into the UI at all it just it, and you can't like swipe it away <laughs> yeah. you play as like the Bonzi buddy of fucking DRM <laughs> <laughs> sorry kids but they don't understand what the hell is. <laughs> oh Anyways, those were the days I feel like uh, RZ I feel like you, you may have changed my mind on this a little bit I think you're right I think the digital is going to be the way that everything is going to keep going and I think it's the right decision but we need to make sure there's upkeep. We need to make sure there's always going to be a repository of sorts that is going to have these games, right? And I know that Nintendo hates muparadise.net or whatever the hell yeah. the new big emulation site is. But at the end of the day, those games aren't being created anymore. If somebody wants to go and play 7-Up Cool Spot or oh whatever God, it is, Jesus. right? They still can. Yeah. You can go and get an emulator and get that game because you're not finding that game anywhere. Good fucking luck. But it's, I, really, it's really yeah. funny that you mentioned that game because my wife loves it for some reason. It's got a cult following, man. It does, I enjoyed apparently. that game. <laughs> people, have, a lot of people have been speed running it recently. Oh, really? Online. really? Oh, yeah. It's been very, very strange. Like, I know I'm going severely off topic right now, but uh, yeah. Darbian, he's one of like the bigger... Mario speedrunners. He's he's he has world records in like more than three or four Mario games. Like he's incredible. And I just remember going on his YouTube channel and seeing like world record for a seven up cool spot. What? <laughs> <laughs> the guy holds it, man. Or at least he did like a couple of months ago. It's crazy. There's a cult following for every game out there, and that's kind of my whole point with this is that these games should not go the way of the wind, right? Shouldn't like sink into the sands of time. If we can find a way to get them out there in some way, shape, or form, and I, again, I do believe that you saying that digital is the way to go is the right way, 
as long as we keep that maintenance up, as long as we can find a way to keep those games available for anybody that wants it, even if it's just one person, yeah. why not? But at the same time, understanding that some games and certain experiences are just going to have to go gently into that good night. Mm-hmm. Halo 2 Online, unless you're at a convention specifically for that purpose and getting people together, it, it just it can't be the same. And even if you did, it's never going to be like that. Because that was one of the first online console games that yep. really had that le- like that level of sophistication that brought us into the modern world. Yes. Like that, you can't recreate that experience as much as you may nostalgically pine for it. Yep. And a lot of games, like let's say... If your game of choice was something like a Star Wars Battlefront, mm. sorry, but you're not going to be able to go and relive your glory days. Like, that game, eventually the server's going to go down. So we really have to enjoy these experiences while we can. Yeah. I think the moral of the story is if you're an online player, whether it's PvP or MMO, you are making a severely poor decision right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say it's more of like a a, 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 a limiting decision. I know. I'm and just and, 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 and I, I personally don't play online much at all. Yeah. I, I much prefer single player. Like if I'm going to play co-op, like coach co-op is, mm-hmm. is my is my jam. But yeah, I mean, there are people who swear by online gaming and they live they live for it. And it's just that method of gaming is very limiting in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah and once they're gone, things will never be the same. The consequences <laughs> will never be the same. <laughs> We're, we're going to call the internet police. Oh. <laughs> Cyber police. That's what I want. Sorry. It's a series of tubes. <laughs> Double segue. Mm. All right. I think that's... Uh, <laughs> I, got, I got a little too philosoph- uh, philosophical there. Yeah, it's all yeah, good. It's getting Cher- deep. Cherish your games, kids. Hold them, yeah. hold them close to you. You know what? Because you never know. Life is fleeting. <laughs> I don't feel bad getting philosophical or even deep with video games. I'm sorry, but it is such a huge part of my life. Whether yeah. or not the or I should say society, you know, frowns upon it or not, I don't give a shit. It's something that means something to me. If I want this to be out there for future generations, I want this to be out there for future generations. And if you think otherwise, you can go fuck yourself. So speaking of outside views, <laughs> how, mu- how much time do we have? Oh, uh, we got about, uh, yeah, we, we, I think we can go for another few minutes. Okay. Cause I just want to go on a mini tirade about in this day and age, uh-huh. do we really have to give a shit if people don't like video games? Like, it's reached the point where it's so mainstream now. Yeah. I was having a talk with a coworker yesterday, um, and she was mentioning that her boyfriend plays video games, and it's such a waste of time that he could be doing something else. <laughs> I said, okay. Like and- what? And then there was an immediate <laughs> silence. <laughs> and she's looking at like you reading a book. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Tell me now, what do you do in your spare time? Uh-huh. She's, she's very quiet for a while. She looks at me like, come on, watch TV. <laughs> Good. I was like, uh, so, like, and how is that any different video games? Like, well, when I watch TV, it's, it's you know, it's uh, English shows, and they help me with my English. It's like, okay, so there's that. Video games have a lot of dialogue. How are they not necessarily any different? And then she's like, well, I, I don't always watch English shows, too. And it's like, well... <laughs> To her credit, it was very forthright about that, but there's still that ridiculous kind of stigma that really is video games any better or worse? Let's just put let's put it this way: Are video games really any worse than being on Facebook all the goddamn time or watching TV? And yeah. different strokes for different folks. You enjoy whatever games you like, but for somebody to be watching Netflix for all their for every waking hour and then look down on the like, immature gamers, that's just fucking silly I mean, I'm even gonna go out and call it the people that like quote unquote read books and don't do anything else because everything else is 
uh, pedestrian or something as stupid like that. You know, it's it just like at the end of the day, and I know this is a severe hot take and I'm going to go off on a bit of a fucking tangent here. Oh, here we go. But at the end of the day, who gives a shit, right? You enjoy your time reading a book. You have fun with that. I would rather spend my time playing a game. And if you're going to look down on me or anybody else who is in, you know, our kind of vein, just because of what we like and how it compares to yours, you, you're, you're living a pretty sad life. To kind of approach it from another angle, though, like, yes, I agree with you in, in that respect. But I, mm. I do think that like anything else, it's all about finding a balance. And mm. if you're if you're literally spending 24-7 playing video games, 24-7 reading a book, 24-7 watching Netflix, yeah. it's the same issue yeah. across mm-hmm. the board. You need to strike a balance between doing things you enjoy, like gaming or reading or whatever, mm-hmm. and living a life, being productive, yeah. working, being with friends, being with family, being with loved ones, and not just being a fucking vegetable, yeah. you know, like, because, there are, and you know, we, we all, we all could probably say that we play maybe more video game, more, we more, should. more gaming than we should. Yeah. But we, no all of us also have struck a balance and we live meaningful lives, productive mm-hmm. lives. And you know, that's, that's what you have to do. I think that's the important thing. So if her, if her, if her boyfriend, was it her boyfriend or husband? Uh, boyfriend. Boyfriend. If her boyfriend's like literally on the couch from morning to, to, to night, playing video games and that's an issue yeah but if she's giving him shit for coming home from work and unwinding with a couple hours of of, of, of gaming then she's in the wrong for sure oh don't even get me started i'm i'm i don't want to say any names but it's uh somebody i work with he's like man i want a ps4 so bad he's like just, my wife won't let me she hates video games and he's like and i don't get it because it's exactly what we were saying before they'll sit down and watch like three four hours of tv and he's like all i want to do is just spend like an hour playing video games because even if it's like something like FIFA or Call of Duty, like I don't care. It's like just something. I want to play something. So do I'm it. Like, That's what I told him. Like, like, dude, just I, I hate to say it, but Jesus, you know, beg for forgiveness. Don't ask for permission. Like if your wife's if your wife's gonna give you shit over something like that and like even like in an extreme case, like threaten divorce or something, yeah. you're better off. Yeah. <laughs> like straight up. Yeah. Well, on Don't that let note, your dreams be dreams. <laughs> God, I, think, I think we need a little water to dilute the salt that just came out yeah. of us for the past like five minutes. Uh. It's just edamame. It's really. Yeah. Oh, but honestly, life is too short to not enjoy your passions and to yeah, let exactly. stigma coming from other people that, in many cases, really have no stake in what you're doing with your lives tell you what to do with it. But yep. everything in moderation. I think that's his. As, as good of a positive and general statement as we can give on this overall topic. Live the dream. Live the dream. After yeah. all that brimstone and fire. Yes. Yeah. And salt. And the dream lives. <laughs> and I will see your coworker in hell. <laughs> oh, it wasn't that bad. Uh, but anyways, okay. I think I'm, I'm exhausted. Polly, yeah. tell them where they can find us. <laughs> we are on um, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodBay. Uh, for anybody that's listening and uh, you've been looking for us on YouTube, we haven't been there for the past, like, what, two or three episodes now? Yeah, yeah, we've been sticking to audio. Yeah, I think we're going to keep uh, pushing for the audio. I'm going to send out a notification on our YouTube and Facebook pages. So just to let people know, hey, if you guys want to find us, come to our SoundCloud and find whatever repository you want to go to from there. But either way, that's where you can find us. And uh, yeah, we should be good to go. All right. On that note, see.